0: Welcome to the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and today I got a really special guest, one of my best friends, the amazing Lisa Taka. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So, this is the first time I've had a guest on here that is actually a big fan of the podcast.
1: Yeah, I listen all the time, over and over. Um, when I've gone through them all, I start again, and oftentimes when I ride. Heck yeah.
0: So, so sometimes I have guests on, they're like, oh, I didn't even know you had a podcast, cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I, oh, all right, well,
0: so I, I still have them, but anyways, so thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. Um, Lisa and I, we've been friends for, what, going on six, seven years now, something yeah. like that. Um, I'm going to let Lisa tell you how we met, I'm going to let her take that. Um, but Lisa, before we go too far, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell these folks about you, you know... um The the life you live and the things that you do, you know, you got a lot in common with a lot of listeners. Um, One thing that's cool about Lisa, you guys, and she is one of the most motivated people, and we're going to get into that a little later, but she's super motivated, and she really wants to be better. So Lisa, just introduce yourself.
1: My name is Lisa Taka. Um, My husband, Derek, and I live in Colorado, Crested Butte, Colorado, part of the year, and in Sedona, Arizona, the other portion of the year. Um, I grew up barrel racing horses in New York State when I was young and never really had any formal training or guidance on proper uh, horsemanship or riding skills. We just kind of went out there and did it. And So for years my husband and I talked about getting back into horses and um, he was just not a fan, he he wanted mules. And so I said, all right, well, I'm game, let's get mules. So we got our first mule, Ruby. and we loved her so much that within two months we were looking for one additional mule and ended up with two. <laughs> um, so then we had three mules and two horses, and then we ended up adopting an additional mule, a uh, draft mule. So that started our journey into mulemanship. And. So wait, hold
0: on. So I just learned something new, and that's what I just was writing down. I didn't know that Derek wanted mules.
1: Yeah, Derek was, he wanted mules because he felt like when I had two gated horses and he's always been, um, he's ridden, he's from Oklahoma, but he Mm -hmm. is just not a fan of horses. He just feels like they're reactive and um, he never connected with them. Um, but with the mules, he kept saying, I'm going to get a mule. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I'm going to get a mule. And I said, well, if you're going to get a mule, you should get a gated mule to keep up with my mule, my horses. And so that started our journey. We thought we were going to only have one mule and one led into two and two into three and three into four. Um, and they got a barn full down there. Now we have a barn full. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good mules. So, um, so I just, uh, attended one of Ty's clinics in Gunnison, Colorado. My husband and I did right after we had bought the the two mules. And, uh, and it was interesting.
0: That was interesting. Did you know that that clinic was my first out-of-state clinic I ever did? No, I didn't know. That was my first out-of-state clinic up to that point. Because um, that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started clinics in 2012,
1: basically okay. my first
0: one. And I called it a clinic because it was a group of people before I'd done, you know, uh, you know, one-on-one mm-hmm. basically right glorified writing lessons really. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time I ever been out of state. So it was all new traveling out of state. I didn't know anything. Uh, I mean, I traveled a lot rodeo, but that was the first time going out of state. So it was great. You guys were all awesome. <laughs> that was one cool thing is everybody, you know, Lisa is, if you guys ever get to meet and hang out with Lisa, she's one of the sweetest, most caring and just thoughtful people um but i'm glad it was such a good experience for me yeah the first day maybe not for you not for me so much (laughs) but but, uh it was really good that's kind of that kind of gave me the bug and got me going yeah and um that clinic was basically the root of what we have today yeah that kicked it off people saw us doing that say oh hey and the next one I got invited to was up in Washington.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been fun to be with you all these years and see the evolution from the beginning oh, yeah. into where we're at now and to how much things have changed and, and how it evolved and it has come.
0: So why don't you tell these awesome folks listening about Festus. It's one of my favorite stories. The first day of the clinic, 2015, Gunnison, Colorado
1: yeah we we bought Festus, so i that clinic was probably in the beginning of June, and we got Festus um in March of the same year, so hadn't had him very long and um so my husband and I show up with Ruby and Festus to this clinic and um you know these big beautiful sorrel mules and we walk into the arena and he turned his ears backwards and started dancing and pawing the ground and rearing up and wanting to roll in the sand. And I was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen an animal do that and in front of all these people. Mm-hmm. And here's Ty, uh, brand new to me, and I'm like... um. I raised my hand and I said, I think I brought your star pupil today. Yep. And I was just shocked. And so Festus was a handful at that clinic. Um, yeah, he was a handful and he was a little, little wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, the, that's Lisa's had to, word. Had to ride him through the wonkiness. And, mm-hmm. um, but we got him lined out by the end of the clinic and he was doing really good. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a, quite the exciting introduction into my mulemanship clinics with Ty
0: that was fun that was fun <laughs> that seems like a long time ago it does but uh yeah and there we've been friends since it's been good yes so you know Derek I've never heard Derek say anything about that first clinic mm-hmm. what Derek think about it would he
1: um I think Derek felt like he was um you know he's a pretty comfortable guy in a lot of different situations and he's had a great success in his life and you know, he's a black belt in jujitsu and done tons of great things. Mm. And I think he thought, "Oh my, what did I get into?" <laughs> I think he was, um, you know, I think, by, at the beginning, he was frustrated with the learning process and the understanding. But he worked real hard, and by the end of the clinic, I think he came away with a better understanding because he also had not had any horsemanship training or mulemanship yeah. training. And so, um,
0: Derek's interesting, and I'd like, I'd like to have him on the podcast someday. I was, t- I was talking to him yesterday, trying to mm-hmm. get him to yeah. do it, but off he goes.
1: To he's, he's a neat guy. Somewhere else. Come back.
0: Anyways, we'll get him. But um, So that was the first clinic. Mm-hmm. Your second clinic was Buckeye, Arizona, right? Where mm. did you go to Gunnison again?
1: I think I went to Gunnison again, but yeah. my young mule, Katie, um, she was kind of young and green when I got her, yeah. so we stayed off of her for a for the first year and then, um, worked on Ruby and Festus. And then we went to Buckeye and I took Katie. That was my first clinic with Katie. It was in Buckeye.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about Katie a lot. Like we was talking earlier, because that's the mule that I've worked with you the most.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And Lisa, you was trying to figure out the other day how many clinics you've been to, because we just did your host highlight on our mm-hmm. newsletter. Mm-hmm. And what did you say was 12 about 12 clinics you? Yeah, it's 12 or
1: 13, yeah. It's hard to keep it's track. Hard to and keep also track.
0: mixes because we've done lots of private clinics and stuff right. Too, and yes. mix whatever. Right. Yes. lots of private training. But yeah. um but yeah, you've you've been to a lot. You've seen a lot, um, You've done a lot. You've done a mm-hmm. lot. So, but Katie has been interesting. So, my first introduction to y'all was Festus and and his his shenanigans. <laughs> but um but then when I get to meet you again the second time, I just remember you, you like, you made a screeching noise. <laughs> you made like a We're out in the arena, and this is this is in conjunction with Arizona Mule Days in Buckeye, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only year they had Arizona Mule Days, it was yeah, too bad because it was, was a lot of fun with it. That was a
1: great, a great of, time. A lot of
0: fun. I wish that was still going. But I hear this screech. I guess I'll just say screech. I don't know how else to explain it. but what? And she bit me. And you said other
1: explicits. (laughs) Keep it clean on the podcast. I've tried to tone down my language. Um, But she bit you. In front of everybody. I was mortified. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, you know, here's this pretty dapple gray mule coming in. Very pretty mule. And boy, it was just... And I've had people come up to me. I had a lady come up to me recently, and she said, I remember you because I was at Arizona Mule Days, and your mule bit you. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yep. she's come a long way since then. Yep.
0: Katie. So I want to talk a lot about Katie today because that. So that is 2016, I, I think,
1: think. That was, yeah, probably 2016. Or 17. I can't remember. It exactly. might have been 17. Maybe 17, yeah. but...
0: You know, since then, you've put a lot of focus into Katie, mm-hmm. and um, you've got a lot of goals, and I'm going to let you share those goals here a little later, but um, it's been cool watching you with Katie, because that's the first time I met you, and I'm just like, Lisa, please survive. Just <laughs> just, just survive this clinic. Please don't be my first casualty. <laughs> and, um and you have
1: well and there was one highlight to that clinic which I hadn't loped on her and so the beginning of that clinic if you remember she was biting me and being very disrespectful on the ground and and uh, I I do remember that that was the first time I loped her and you kept saying breathe okay breathe (laughs) breathe you can breathe now and so I felt like it we made a lot of progress in that first clinic as well
0: you did so let's talk about Katie's journey though so let's rewind all the way back to when you got katie
1: and let's start from there okay so i bought katie um she was supposed to be four she was closer to two um i bought her in the south and brought her to colorado and uh decided to stay off her and just do some groundwork with her for about a year Um, and then ty came into my life and and i all right it's time to get moving here um katie was one of the when she was younger she was very um i would say a passive aggressive animal like so they had trained her to be the in your pocket mule which translated into her being a very pushy dominant mule to humans so she would she knew she could move your feet she would move my feet she would run over me yeah. um she was you know that was sort of her demeanor and and so when I got her, my intention of getting a young one was that, you know, I want to raise her and have her for a very long time. And I want her to be the mule that I ride when I'm 75, 80 years old. I want to keep her healthy, keep her fit. And and I want her as well-trained as I can make her um, so that when I'm in my older years, I'm 51 now, um, she'll just be my tried and true pair of Levi's. I want to comment real quick
0: because you're really cool. So I love how Lisa says when she's in her older years, because a lot of people come to my clinics and they're like forty-five or fifty, and they're like, "I'm so old." (laughs) And yeah, and see, you hear Lisa just laugh. (laughs) She's like, "Come on, you know that ain't old." Yeah. So that is, you know, it's really cool. Lisa's got a lot of game. Well, it's pretty neat.
1: I have a lot of things to do in my life so i'm not there yet
0: so i i I love that i just wanted to interrupt there so go on
1: um so i named katie after my grandmother who ended up being um she lived to be 102 years old so that's when you say my older years i say i got a lot left in the tank at least gonna be
0: my first participant 90 years old that's right that's right
1: um so you know i just i started working with ty with katie and um it's been a it's been a journey for sure i mean she was um really pushy early on she made the star on ty's youtube channel as the got ty on. evans works with the pushy mule yep um you can
0: see that on youtube she's got lots of views oh yeah she's got
1: <laughs> lots of views and you know i thought i would feel like i get farther with her and then we go backwards and we get farther and then we go backwards and I just decided that, you know, I want to make her a bridal mule, and I'm dedicated to that. So I want to put the time and effort into her um, and sorting out any of the issues she still has remaining and getting her soft. And we've come through this process. Um, You know, I work cows with her now. I've taken cows out of the mountains in Colorado with her. I've sorted, done team sorting with her. Um, I try to expose her she's she 's pretty fearless mule, and she 's not real herd bound so i don 't have to deal with those issues as much as um maybe just a general attitude and a happiness with her work so that 's what I struggle with and it 's not uh, it 's more you know it 's more of a battle in the arena than it is on the trail on the trail she's she 's my go to girl and and she 'll you point her at anything and she 'll go up it she 'll go down it i 've done rock crawling. Twice, yeah, we'll soon to be three, three times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know,
0: you just said a comment. You're like, well, yeah out on the trail, she's she's better than in the arena. Mm-hmm. And um, you've been to a lot of clinics. And you, how, mm-hmm. how many times have you heard me talk about that?
1: Oh people? yeah.
0: And why is that? Why why is it that a mule can be? I know the answer. I'm I'm loading this up.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: why is it that out on, the, out on the trail we're just fine, but in the arena, gosh. I I get this attitude or I get these problems or this stuff comes up?
1: Um, I would say she's not saying yes to me. I yeah. mean, she says yes to me on the trail and she doesn't say yes to me in the arena. Um, and so that to me is a sticking point in her training and it's getting her to say yes wherever I want her to, whether it's on the trail or in the arena or in the yard or yep. in the driveway. You know, it's her being with me and, and um, you know, getting in our groove. It's a
0: cool thing about you is you've, you have been a pretty easy sell on ride the same wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, Lisa does good. She'll she'll ride the same. doesn't matter if she's going to go rock crawling with me today or we're going to go move cattle or we're going to play in the arena or, or chase the steer around in the arena, whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. it's all the same, and Lisa rides very consistent, and that's so important. But a lot of people have more trouble in the arena because they ask way more questions. You know, the arena takes a plan. Mm-hmm. The arena's pretty lame if you don't have a plan. If you're mm-hmm. just going to go out mm-hmm. there, I mean, you make one lap, and you're like, this is dumb.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What am I, What am I? you know, if it, if you're just in it for the scenery, that's pretty, although you've got a, some yes. good scenery here. I could ride in your arena. <laughs> look all around. We're we're here in Sedona. Lisa hosts a clinic for us here in Sedona. She also hosts a clinic in Wickenburg, Arizona. Um, but we're surrounded by these beautiful red cliffs and yeah. mountains, and it's just gorgeous mm-hmm. here. But, you know... You have to have a plan in the arena, mm-hmm. and you have to have foreth- forethought and you have to be a preemptive writer and that's the sale I'm trying to get people to buy mm-hmm. because you've got to be preemptive you've got be thoughtful you sure. can't just go out there and be like well let's just let's just see what happens that It's pretty lame in the arena
1: well, and that's led me with Katie yeah. to find different things in the arena, like you're saying setting yeah. up a plan and and you know we've got poles and cones and barrels and um poles that you can go around and I bought a the roping steer to fo- yeah. have her follow the roping dummy and just trying to keep it different and then I, I learned early on I would set my goals kind of like this is what I want to work on today and when I get there and she gives me the right answers if that's as far as I get today then I'm going to put her away and try to make mm-hmm. it a good experience for her so um I didn't push her beyond, and I was trying to always end on a high note and not not get her to a point where she couldn't perform what I was asking her to do. That's
0: great. They gotta, you know, you've heard me talk a million times about making them a winner, mm-hmm. ending with yep the mule feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people end with the human feeling good, like oh, right. I finally got him to do that. Right. That's not ending on the good note. The ending right. on the good note is ending with the mule. Understanding and feeling good about what they're doing, and you do a good job of that. So moving on to, you know, you mentioned the rock crawling clinic, and I this is like one of my highlights in our relationship, really, because <laughs> I learned all sorts of new words. <laughs> you talk. <laughs> we had a lot of fun rock crawling. So for those listening that have no clue what I'm talking about, every year I uh, I host a extreme trail riding clinic, and we ride in beautiful utah middle of the desert out in that big canyon country mm-hmm. and um and it is challenging we push he, the human's limits we test the mules um it, and you can also you could probably dress it up as a confidence building clinic because that's really Absolutely. what it is is a confidence trail clinic you, you get more confidence the mules get more confidence we build for success but the first one you came to um do you even remember it? Was very, it a blur? Uh, no, I remember you, it very vividly. You
1: it very, vividly? <laughs> it stuck in my mind. So,
0: you know, I know it was wild for you. Yeah. But tell them about Katie because she did. She did pretty dang good. She, she did, did awesome. A couple glitches. Yeah. But it was pretty good.
1: Yeah. You know, I hadn't had a lot of rides on her, and yeah. um, my friend Megan Mensing said, "Hey, we're gonna go to this clinic. we are signing up. We're going. Okay." So. So we went, and uh yeah it was it was extremely difficult for me because I have a fear of heights, so yep, um do it. <laughs> I had to overcome a lot of my own internal fears um Katie was pretty young at the time, she and was. she you know I pulled her out of the pasture, and away we went, and she did really, really well um I think the the inadequacies in our time there. A lot of it came from the lack of confidence I had in myself and in her. Um, I could very clearly see that she was capable, and she proved that over and over with you. Um, But for me, I didn't have the confidence in her. Yeah.
0: It takes a lot of confidence from you to them to do some of those things. Mm -hmm. Because do, do you remember the little side heel slick rock Face that you was having trouble with, and I finally got on mm-hmm. Katie and went up it. Do you remember that? Yeah,
1: where you had to catch the ledge and go yes. up.
0: So basically, this may be hard for listeners to picture, but picture looking at the side of a cliff <laughs> with a slight, a slight incline to where I mean, it's not like it's not vertical at all. No. Um, I don't know what the degree would be, but basically, you got to go up this slick rock face, catch a ledge that's about. Eight inches wide, mm-hmm. and they have to tiptoe up this little lip of a ledge, like a mountain goat, for about 20 feet as it as it climbs the, uh, the slick rock face up to the top. Anyways, I remember that moment pretty good because I could see you wanted to do it, you really wanted to do it, but you just had that lack of confidence.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: Katie could totally feel it. Yeah. And you guys wouldn't have got it done mm-hmm. right that wouldn't have happened Mm-mm. because you know they're herd animals right they they feel that instinct mm-hmm. they, they feel that and if the herd isn't right if, if if somebody else doesn't want to go through that water or through that those trees or through that meadow they're not going to go that's how the herd survives is right. herd. so you were saying you're trying to get your mind convinced that i want to do that mm-hmm. but you're Everything else in your body saying, don't do it, Lisa. <laughs> don't, right? <laughs> yeah. your, your subconscious is saying, yeah. you're going to die.
1: Save yourself. Save yourself, <laughs> you dumb lady. You're going to
0: die, right? Right. Uh, and the, you're trying to fight with that. And Katie, um, you know, meals are so interesting to me. Uh, you, We've talked many times. I know that they can know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I know it. And i got mm-hmm. too much evidence now to fight it. And yep. A lot of my listeners, they might be thinking, oh, this guy's weird. But those who have been around enough, they know what you're thinking. They know what you're, what you're feeling. They don't communicate with words, spoken words. Mm-hmm. But I believe that they communicate through thought a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. I'm not going to go into that here. But, you know, she she was reading you. She's oh, like, sure. you're right, Lisa. We shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you're totally you're right. right. You're right. I'm in. We're staying so, here. <laughs> so what, what do we do? I, I got on. <laughs> yeah. Cause you are having trouble yep. and I got on and it still took me a moment. Right. Remember she, she at first she's like, uh, and she looked sideways, sideways, sideways. And then she finally went
1: yeah.
0: and she went up fine. yeah. But our relationship there was my confidence overruled her lack of it. Right. Right. Cause I've like, said, we can do it and yep. I know we can do it. I promise we can do it. Yep. Total full confidence that it was going to be done. Yep. And, Therefore, I I overruled. I don't know if that's the correct word, but overruled her her lack of confidence. So I made up for it. Yeah, I had enough that I could share with her. Where the two of you together, you, you didn't have enough to to accomplish it, mm-hmm. and that's hard for a lot of people to get. Um, you know, I I've, you've heard me say the meal will rise or fall to your level, mm-hmm. but you can just add words after level, rise or fall to your level of confidence. Mm-hmm. Rise or fall to your level of experience, your your level of understanding. Sure. And um, that was an example of it, but so what was your do you remember that year? What was your highlight that year? Do you um. remember a spot that you're just like
1: <laughs> the end? The end? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. <sighs> So
0: maybe the second year, because the second Um, time was much better for you. You were much more prepared. Oh sure. And it was fun because it blew Derek's mind. That was my favorite. Yes. Is is Derek's.
1: Yeah. After the first year, and you know it ended great. And um, I think I came away with a better understanding of her athletic ability. Oh yeah. um, After the first year, and then my husband said, "Oh, it couldn't have been that scary. It couldn't have been that bad." He's not afraid of. He thought I was exaggerating, and he said. You know, he's not afraid of anything, he'll do anything. And so we went uh, the second year, and um, he's really funny to listen, tell the story. He said, you know, there was only a couple guys, and he said, and all of these women, and he he thought, well, I'm not getting on that rock. He he thought, I'm not doing that. And then he would watch all the women do it, and he thought, ah, crap, now I've got (laughs) to get on there. And so, yep. uh, yeah, he and Festus, uh, the mule from the beginning of mm-hmm. our relationship, yep. uh, had a wonderful rock crawling clinic yeah, um, he, last year. He did year. really good. Yeah.
0: But at the end, he was like, "Yeah, dude, you're nuts. Yeah. You guys are crazy. Well,
1: and and so this year I'm going alone. Right. Yeah. He's, <laughs> so. it, took you
0: guys, it took you two years to come back. Yeah. You came, I don't remember, I think it was 18. You didn't come in 19, you came in 20. Mm-hmm. And um maybe well, it'll be like that'll be like
1: maybe yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Maybe he needs a he needs a year to chew on that, soak on a little bit. Yeah. But it was fun to blow Derek's mind because this guy's like super athletic, super sporty guy.
1: Yep. Very
0: competitive.
1: And he said to me yeah. at the end, he said, You were not exaggerating. And I said, <laughs> No, I wasn't. I tried to tell yep. you. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: But it's great fun and I you know, after this past the last year's clinic when we went, um, I just, now I look at things on the trail and I point Katie at things and I, I, I challenge her because I know she's very capable mm-hmm. of doing all of it.
0: So. Did you ever think that that biting mule and Buckeye would be able to go do that type of work?
1: No. I mean, I, I no. <laughs> like
0: way back then, do you no. think she'd be what she is now?
1: No, no. And you know, it's been a process. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about, how, so how is she now? Um, and I, I'm going to find out because we're going to do a little work later. Yeah. Um, and this whole week we got this semi-private clinic together yeah. and I'm going to have a lot of fun. So I'm going to see this, but how, how are things going with Katie today? What's, what's it like? What's it, Katie like today?
1: She, you know, she's amazing. She's an amazing mule. Um, I still struggle with her attitude for time to time. And I feel as though she kind of gives me a little resistance and then I just have the mindset that we're just gonna work through this mm-hmm. and um and then it goes away and she's she's great. She's very um very soft, moves off my legs. I can get her doing all kinds of things. Um, you know, working cows with her in Sayurita, I felt like I got some really good big reaches on her. Um and I just I she's my go-to girl. I mean she's I really excited about progressing with her and trying to get her into the hackamore. And working on the sticking points, the, the nuances, the lead changes, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my next little question about it was, you know,
0: you want to make a bridal meal. Yes. And you, I can't tell you how happy that makes me. <laughs> it's you a can, little bit of pressure well, for me, me before but... <laughs> we, before we clicked record, yeah. you were asking me, she, she, Lisa said, how many of your students have actually made a bridal meal all the way through? Mm-hmm. And I said, none. All the way through. I got plenty of students that... They'll do the snaffle bit, and then they just throw the bridle on. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go through the hackamore the and the two-rain stages. And I got a lot of people that just think that their mule is bridle-ready, and they just throw it on, and mm-hmm. they call it a bridle mule. But nobody has really went through that whole process yet that I, I know, that mm-hmm. I've been with them in that journey. Um, there's quite a few that are that are wanting to. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, I want to get uh, Christy Kovner on the podcast. Do you remember Christy from Virginia? She listens. She's probably mm-hmm. she listens like you do, so okay. she'll she'll be yeah. listening to this. But um she's working with her horse, Charlie, and he's um, he's like Katie, almost ready for the hackamore. Like mm-hmm. it's just a few little details, mm-hmm. just a few, kinda like where Riyadh is, my mule Riyadh. Sure. Yeah. where I could totally put Riyadh in Hackamore today and mm-hmm. get along just fine. There's just a few little intricacies mm-hmm. that I want to get work out. Just like with Katie. Right. And um so I can't tell you how happy that makes me you want to make a bridal mule. Yeah. And she she's almost ready for the Hackamore. And maybe after this week. Yeah. Um you know, watching last week, uh, or two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, Lisa joined us in Sayurita for uh the coworking. Well you did the other yeah. classes too, but with Katie you did coworking. Yeah. And um she made some nice turns. Yeah. Nice a few uh, quite a few nice stops, quite a few times, nice turns. Did you see skies? Awesome reaching
1: picture. I did. That made oh, me very yeah. happy. That's a frame. That's that's, that's that's a big reach right there. A, put it up on the wall because
0: yeah. that mule was back on her haunch and reaching, and yep. you can see that cow coming, yep. and you're right, there are ready to,
1: yeah,
0: pop it. You know, and it well, was, she
1: seems to really enjoy the cow working. Oh, it gives them purpose, it. right? Yeah. yeah,
0: that cow working. Yep. Even, well, like you, you know, your life has nothing to do with cattle, right? right?
1: You're, no. It, yeah.
0: It's just like mm. so. It's just fun, right? And so when you you know, you don't have to do it for a job. You don't have to do it for, um, you know, I gotta raise beef or I right. gotta move these cows. Yours is just fun. Yeah. And so, it gives Katie a chance. Whenever you get the chance to work with cattle, mm-hmm. it's just pure fun, do you? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a very, it's a very fun game. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. So, you know, you're almost ready for the hackamore. And maybe this week we'll find out. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be fun. You got one coming in the mail? I you do. I ordered one. I did. So we'll, we'll help you get that hackamore set up. And some, some of you listening may not know, or you may think you know what a hackamore is um, because there's a lot of versions of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when we talk, we're talking about the hackamore, we're talking about a bozelle, a Makati, and a hanger. There's three pieces that make up the hackamore. And um, that's what we're talking about here. So it's going to be pretty cool. To see what katie can do and you know see what she can make
1: yeah so. yeah i you know thinking back to when when i started her and we got going down the road i just you know my vision was a little bit different back then and since i've educated myself and i realized that making a bridal mule i'm gonna have to get more education on my own riding ability yeah. and my own skills and my own the questions i'm asking her so mm-hmm. i feel like as she's kind of coming up in her abilities, I need to also parallel and That's come up with up. my riding skills. And... Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, th- just like we mentioned earlier, they will rise or fall to your level. Exactly. You can put education in them. Yep. Your level of education. So, you know, you got to be better if you want them to be better. Exactly. Um, one last thing about Katie. You mentioned this before we started, but your proudest moment. Why don't you share your proudest moment? and and then we're gonna I got some other things I want to talk
1: about well so I would say my proudest moment was two summers ago we were we were part of a parade in Gunnison and I was a little nervous about taking her and I'm very dedicated to keeping her in the snaffle bit she when she came to me from the south she was not in a snaffle bit Mm -hmm. Um, and I quickly changed her into the snaffle bit and that's all I ride her in and So myself and um, my friend Megan and her son, we all got to ride and be part of the tough enough to wear pink portion of a parade in Gunnison. um, With people in the streets and cows, they had a Holstein cow Mm -hmm. in the parade. And that mule just was so good and calm and relaxed. And so we rode all three mules and snaffle bits in this parade and, you know, I see people say that, oh, you can't have them in a snaffle bit or we've got to have this because we can't do this. And so it just made me really proud. I felt um, very proud to have her there and for the work that I'd done with Ty all those years. And and my other mule, Ruby, was there as well, and Henry. And so all three mules were Thai students. <laughs> um, and it just made me feel really proud because I could see what was going on with some of the other horses around and stuff. And... And, you know, mules sometimes get a bad rap. Yep. And, you know, and Gunnison was a mule. That was mule country back in the day. Right. So um, it was a pretty proud moment. That's pretty cool.
0: And the Tough Enough to Wear Pink parade also has other meanings to you. Mm,
1: yes. I got diagnosed with breast cancer in August of 2019. Yeah. Um, and I'd been part of that organization for the five years previously, just donating time and... Um, putting on the parades and doing things and so yeah it was uh it was really meaningful to be able to ride in that parade
0: that's amazing and you're whooping it but whooping it right now she's wearing a shirt that says bucking for boobs
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry that might have to be the podcast picture (laughs) but uh
0: anyways you know and this is kind of a nice segue into the other stuff because i got some notes here that i want to talk about but you know, mindset. Um, you know the motivation. You have a, you have a, a, a amazing positivity about you, and I wish everybody could just I wish you could just ball it up and sell it because you know when I'm here with Lisa, like I told her y- yesterday, we pulled in. It feels like home here. You know what I mean? And Lisa's just so good at making you feel like you can't hang out with Lisa and not feel like a great person. <laughs>
1: Just
0: like for reals you know like just being around you, you feel better like oh this is this is good this is just so welcoming but how do you explain that like how do you how do you do it like how how do you always smile how do you always have this positive mindset you know even like when you was diagnosed with breast cancer um, and you've been whooping it um,
1: battling it out in in the middle of everything else in life how do you how do you do it? You know, I think it was the way I was raised. I mean, my dad was a very positive person. Um, You know, he would always teach you to see the bright side in things and try not to look at the bad side of things. Um, And I just grew up that way. You know, he instilled a lot of good things in me, my mom too. But my dad was super positive. And, you know, when things were done, he, you know, Pick yourself up by your bootstraps, keep your chin up. Yeah. You know, he had all these sayings growing up the title go out and the title come in, you know, it'll change. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, and so I've just always kept those with me. And I don't know, I feel um, very blessed by absolutely everything in my life my husband, my kids, my friends, my mules, my horses, the gifts that God has given me. And, um, you know, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, my first thing was oh, how long can I ride for? And yeah. I rode all during my treatments and I never stopped riding. We camped right after my radiation and, you know, I had a, I had to trust my mules, <laughs> you know, because my body was not in perfect shape at that time, but I had a lot of trust in my mules. And, um, you know, they just kind of carried me through. And every day, I, I mean, I wake up and, you know, what's not to be thankful for?
0: That attitude of gratitude. Mm. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And uh, everybody I meet, and I ask them just what I just asked you, you know. And almost all of them say gratitude, or, yeah. or some version of gratitude. I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm blessed. Yeah. Um, they're grateful for what God's given them. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's just, I think that's just an important lesson in life. Whatever you do, whether it's mules or Derek doing jujitsu, yeah. Whatever it is, you know, the attitude of gratitude makes you, just it just brings about success. So. Um, this kind of goes along with these other things. You know, you talked about your dad and you mentioned this morning at breakfast about your dad being punctual. And I, and I, I mentioned to you, you know, I do my own little research, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Lisa's learning how nerdy I am.
1: I, I never realized it, but she, I,
0: she, she didn't know how nerdy I am. I, I, I make my own website, do my own podcast and then I go out there and I can rope and ride. Yeah, You know what I mean? So nerds can do it too. But, um. But I like research, I do. I -hmm. like the process of it. One thing I did um, the last couple years is I paid attention to everybody who came in early, to the, I'm talking about the clinics. Mm -hmm. Everybody that came in early to the clinics Mm -hmm. and everybody that came in late. Mm -hmm. And I compared the results. Wow. So I know it's okay, well Lisa got in there early. Let's see how this ends up for Lisa. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just keep track. Yeah. Well, Okay, you know, and and most of the people that came in early, <clears throat> or at least on time, had great success,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think it's just the attitude of being ready. And we teach about being ready in the clinics, right? Like, y- you get the meal ready for the turn. You get mm-hmm. the meal ready for the stop. But if people don't get themselves ready, right? How are they going to get their meal ready? Right. And then I watch the people that came in that come in late, which is every clinic. There's always yeah. a late bird in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's like you were saying earlier, they're always playing catch up because they're behind and they yeah. gotta catch up. And then they then they rush yep. because they wanna keep keep up. It's not that they wanna be behind. Right. But they rush to keep up. And in that process of rushing, they don't they're not efficient, and they're not fluid, they don't get it all done. And um, so punctualist. T- tell me about your dad being punctual.
1: My dad was always just a stick stickler for being punctual and being on time and i'm italian and i grew up in an italian family and you know when dinner was called at the table you showed up at the table you stopped what you were doing you made your way to the table um you were present at that moment it, and so so no facebook at dinner time? uh no <laughs> i don't think there was facebook back then <laughs> way back then yeah um but so he just always instilled that you know it was rude to make people wait for you you know, if you're and supposed to be somewhere at a certain time, it's rude to make people wait on you. And um, and then my grandmother, you know, she would give you the look, yeah. the Italian look. Right. <laughs> she rip your heart yeah. out, huh? Yep. Um, so I just have always lived my life like that. I try to be real organized about things and punctual and have my ducks in a row before, you know, and sometimes when you come into a clinic, you're a little nervous and you feel yep. like you're fumbling around and, you know, you're you know, but I try to keep in my mind, just be organized. And, you know, you know, you mentioned about
0: Derek, her husband, Derek, um, how he's opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Right. He's Mm -hmm. super laid back. Derek, I like hanging out. So so Lisa makes me feel happy. Derek makes me feel relaxed (laughs) because because he's just so the super successful, amazing guy. And he's just like, Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. You know, no no big deal. No. Let's hang out. He's, he's always got time to hang yeah. out. He's a great he's got guy. Time, you know what I mean? And there's a saying, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to mess this up, Lisa. I don't remember the saying, but it's like, either you prepare for what you want to happen or be prepared for what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think you're the prepare for what you want to happen person. Mm-hmm. You prepare so it happens that way. Right. Derek is prepared for what might happen. Yeah. Like That's a good way to look at Like you go with it and, well, yeah.
1: Yeah, and have yeah. the confidence to know just, you can handle just, it whatever yeah. happens
0: and the people that don't make it are the ones in between mm. that do neither yeah that just yeah. yeah those are the ones that, that don't see that success I, th- I think maybe not but um, anyways so I wish I got to know your dad because he sure sounds cool
1: he was a neat guy because yeah.
0: I totally agree with him you know
1: yeah.
0: I was my dad was the same way don't waste people's time no like that time is valuable to all of us we only have Mm -hmm. the time we have that's it It, you can't you can't get it back it's like the most valuable thing here absolutely on this uh, mortal life you know and don't waste people's time yep so I got another question for you okay so well there's a mix here so so what what motivates you what motivates you to be better what motivates you to get out of bed every day and go ride like what motivates you you say you want to make a brown meal
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's what's the motivation to you to to get up and do these things
1: um, I would say that I want to feel that unity with that animal and that harmony and I want That's her good. to be with me and I want little things to mean things to her mm-hmm. um, and I want it to be that that sort of effortless picture that I see when you ride and, and you know, like Buck Braneman when you watch him ride and, you know, there's this just this harmony that's, that is beautiful and effortless. And you can tell that, you know, your animal's in sync with you. And so every day when I get up, I just, I set a goal for the day, I, I, I have the long term goal in my mind, but I don't try to overwhelm myself and go too far. I just kind of go, okay, today I'm going to work on this with her. I'm going to work on that with her. You know, today it's going to be, you know, getting her to give me a a more responsive and accurate and punctual backup or, you know, so I try to set a goal for the day in my mind and I do the other things and go through the checklist and everything and then I'll get to that part and just work on it and check it off my list. And You know,
0: you said two words that I really like. Um, You said you want that unity and that harmony. Mm -hmm. That's the... That's the cool stuff that a lot of people don't get to have, mm-hmm. and they might go down the trail for years. I mean, you know, you and I, our primary our primary interest in this is trail riding, and that's mm-hmm. what we enjoy, you know, but there's lots of others,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you and I both know lots of people that will ride for years, and they'll never get those two things, mm-hmm. the unity and harmony. They always got to make their mule, got to make their horse go through that water, mm-hmm. or they got to make it. Uh, mm-hmm. go across the bridge. They gotta make it um go down that way or this way. And they never look together. Right. And uh one of my favorite books, have you ever read um Think Harmony with Horses by Ray mm-hmm. Hunt?
1: Yes, I have actually it's one of my favorite
0: yep. books. And and it's basically, you know, as you read that book, you realize it's basically a uh, somebody basically transcribed his clinic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or he or Millie Hunt, um Porter yeah basically took like his words in a clinic and put them on paper yeah, Yep. and i try i like to read that and then go try to do it um and just picture that voice mm-hmm. you know hear his voice in my head as i ride but that's what it was all about yeah you know those two words unity and harmony harmony is the word ray Hunt used all the time yep. unity one of my other favorite books is called true unity by tom Dorrance. mm-hmm so that unity and harmony mean a lot to me. Well, I so have I bought
1: all of those books and been reading them. Good. Uh, during the winter months here yep. when I couldn't ride and just, you yep. know, taking them chunks at a time and digesting them. And...
0: They're not easy reads. No. They're, they're really not. They're not like, oh, pick it up and read before bed type thing. It's You read like a page and then you're like, oh, Yeah, wow. exactly. I, I need like two days to think on that. Well, I'm
1: really glad to hear you say that because I wasn't so going very fast <laughs> through them. And I was like... Because no. that's what would happen there. The ideas, the concepts were presented. And then I would feel like I had to think about it and I had to yeah. like digest it and soak on it. And, you know, and then, um, you know, I hear your voice a lot when I'm writing Katie as well. So, oh. you know, well, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. It's a good thing. <laughs>
0: okay. So moving forward here, um, we kind of talked about your goals and your plans for the future. You want to mm-hmm. make a bridal mule. Yeah. Um, but where do you see you and Katie um, or any of your animals, critters? Mm-hmm. But I, I like, I know Katie the most, I guess. That's why yeah. I'm talking about Katie. Um, where do you see yourself like five years from now with this mule? What, what do you, how do you picture that?
1: Um Well, my vision is to be able to take her anywhere with the confidence, anywhere in the United States, and ride her wherever I choose and have the confidence that she's with me and know that, you know, know her behaviors, know that she's got a softness about her so that... I can, you know, as I do get older in life, I just, I know that I have a really good relationship with this mule and a foundational relationship that, you know, I can trust that if I take her across country, like we're gonna go in October to Virginia, she's gonna be the same mule in Virginia that she is in Sedona and that she is in Crested Butte. So, um, you know, I don't have any aspirations of showing or anything like that, but um, I want her education to continue because it it, it excites me
0: you know you know that's cool thing about this journey is um some people just think of it as like well you know i have my checklist right Mm -hmm. and you can go down you can make an actual physical checklist and you could say i can do that i can do that and that but it's really not designed that way Mm -hmm. it's it's how you do each thing and and the relationship you have to get each move and um, i can see you working through that yeah it's pretty cool
1: it's the subtleties and the minutiae of what You do that you don't that other people don't see but your animal and you you both know it you know you know what she knows what that means and she knows what this means and you know it's that it's um, the subtleties yeah that's important
0: so at the end of every uh, guest podcast I like to ask our guests if they have any advice that they could give to other you know these other listeners here um, about their mules Horses or just life in general, what this because this podcast might be around a long time. This recording, Mm -hmm. so somebody hears this, you know, 20 30 years from now. What's something you could tell them that would just still be relevant?
1: Mm. Well, I would say, you know, first of all, have an open mind. Um, A lot of people close their minds to new ideas and to new you know, new things, have an open mind and to trust the process. And really, um, I have found a lot of comfort in following your process, um, step-by-step. And I can see, I have seen it in action with my own animals, where if you're in a new situation, if you go through your checklist and you, there is a comfort to them when they do the familiar exercises and before you mount, before you get on, in different you know, I've ridden her in endurance rides, mm. um, different things where the energy was different. So trusting the process and, you know, if you get if you get to a part where you get stuck, don't get discouraged. Just take a breath and, you know, call you or, you know, give it a give it a minute, think about it, and then come out with a fresh attitude the next day and don't hold a grudge.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff, Lisa. <laughs> Thanks. Stuff. So well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. See, it's not as scary as you thought.
1: No, it's, it's not scary. A little scary. At but... least <laughs> more scared to be on
0: this podcast than she is ride those mules. That's right. For sure. But you know, thanks for thanks for jumping on and doing this with me today. You're welcome. It's A lot of fun. I've wanted you to get on here for a while, and I thought this would be a good time. Like we had yeah. a couple of days before the clinic, and things are quiet right now around here. Yeah. And so they're about to get busy.
1: Yeah. And then go so, ride. So
0: why don't you give uh, your boy ranch ride a plug, real quick?
1: Oh, so anybody that doesn't know about the Boyd Ranch Mule Ride, it's happening in March. Um, It is following Ty's clinic. You can sign up at Boyd, uh, what is it, BoydRanch.org, and it is one of the most fun mule events you're will ever attend. It's trail rides. It's great people. It's great food. Um, there's all different length rides. It's camping, it's camaraderie. It's really, I have met some of my best friends at this ride and, uh, and it is going to prove to be, it, it is going on this year. It is COVID safe. And, um, we are just super excited to be putting it on and we have a new leader this year, Scott Stewart, and it's just going to be an amazing, fun week. And March, uh, what's the date? Uh, march 11th. Um, cause the is nine through 11, I yeah, think. Yeah. March and 11th so 11, through 12, the 14th, 14th. I think it goes through, um, Sunday morning. And like I said, there's food. We're going to do a silent auction to raise money for the desert Caballeros museum, um, and yeah, it's just it's going to be a super fun event, and you know, put your skills to use on the trail. That's yeah. that's a great thing you can do. Ty's clinic first, and then go you ride. Know, go ride. That's what it's about. Exactly.
0: It's, you know, this stuff is is if you just sit there and do circles in the arena, it's not good. You no, can go out
1: and use it. Go use that's it. What that's about. exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, Lisa.
1: Thank you, Ty. Appreciate
0: you guys, and thank you all to li- for listening. Um, if you would be so kind as to Leave me a review if you thought uh, were worth it. Leave five stars and tell us what you think. So thank you guys. God bless. And we'll see you down the road.